Hello everyone and welcome to Fantasy, Folklore, and More, the show where I talk about anything related to mythology, strange creatures, and fairy tales. This is your host, Alice Spanler-Davison. I have lots of ideas for this show, but I figured the best way to go about it is to start at the beginning. Before we begin though, I'm going to preface this by saying I am bad at speaking. I know how words are supposed to sound, but it's hard to remember all of them, and I trip over normal words. But without further ado, let's begin. Everyone has a different version of how we came to be. Every religion, every culture. We all have slightly different beliefs on how we happened. The ancient Greeks believed that the world was chaos. Literally. That's the name of the god who ruled the earth at the time. According to Ovid, in the beginning there was land and sea, but the land was unstable, the sea was solid, and the air had no light. The elements were all mixed together in a shapeless mass. This mass was ruled by chaos. First came chaos, then Gaia. Somehow chaos had two children, Erebus, Darkness, and Nyx, Night. Nyx is also referred to as Erebus's mom and Chaos's wife in some tellings, but either way, Erebus dethrones his father and marries his mother or sister. Erebus and Nyx had two children, Aether, Light, and Himera, Day, who turned around and dethroned their parents. I can't find any reasons for all the dethroning, but a lot of it happened in the early days, so it isn't too hard to realize why no one trusted their kids. With the reign of Aether and Himera, the elements were separated. They had Eros, Love, and Colongaia and her child, Pontus, the sea, to help them create the earth as we see it today. One of the books I'm going off of says that the earth was barren until Eris stabbed Gaia with life-giving arrows, which caused her to sprout grass and plants and animals. I can't find any evidence of that in the older classical texts, but I am mentioning it because I like to picture it. Eris stabs his sister or aunt because Eris had many origins, and all of a sudden she wakes up and the ground springs to life. After the elements are separated, Gaia births Uranus, heaven. Gaia and her son Uranus, I want to keep emphasizing just how much incest there was in Greek mythology, trust me, there's a lot more coming in this episode, got married and overthrew Aether and Himera. Eventually, Gaia had the twelve titans, six sons, Oceanus, Coeus, Kreos, Hyperion, Aepatos, Cronus, and six daughters, Thea, Rhea, Themis, Thetis, Memory, and Phoebe. Uranus was so scared of his children overthrowing him, like what had happened to every generation before them, he decided to take them and throw them into Tartarus, a dark pit under the earth. Gaia and Uranus then had three Cyclops children, Brontus, Thunder, Steropis, Lightning, and Argus, Sheet Lightning, and three Sintamanti, who had a hundred arms and fifty heads, who were named Kotos, Braeros, and Gyges. Uranus was so scared of them that he threw them into Tartarus as well. Gaia got tired of her husband-slash-son throwing her children into Tartarus, so she went down there and gave them a plan to overthrow their father. However, all of them were too afraid except for one, Cronus. Gaia gave Cronus a scythe, which, side note, I have used a scythe to cut grass before, and that was hard, so I cannot imagine how he defeated his father using one, but somehow he did. He first cut off his father's genitals, for some reason, and threw it into the sea. The blood that came from this fell on the earth, and she had more children from it, including the giants. The genitals turned into a white foam, and from it came a girl. A girl who you may have seen in a painting by Botticelli. She's coming out of the ocean naked and standing on a shell surrounded by the winds. That's right, it's everyone's favorite, Aphrodite. I'll talk more about her in a later episode, but this is how she was born, or made, as she was never a baby but came out of the ocean as an adult. Anyways, after Cronus defeated his dad, Uranus cursed Cronus, saying that his son would overthrow him as well. 
After this in the theogony, we get a long list of children born from the first few generations, and I'm going to name them because they're fun, so bear with me. Nyx gave birth to concepts such as resentment, deceit, intimacy, old age, and strife. Strife in turn gave birth to toil, neglect, starvation, pain, battles, combat, bloodshed, slaughter, quarrels, lies, pretenses, arguments, disorder, disaster, and oath. Which are all very fun concepts. Pontus had Nerus, Thalmus, Horsus, Sito, and Eurybia with Gaia, who is his mother. Nerus had 50 daughters, which I will not be naming because that will take forever. Thalmus married Electra, and they had Iris, the Harpies, Aello, and Osipita. Horsus and Sito, siblings, had old women, who was one person, even though it's spelled plurally, Pimfredo, Ennio, and the Gorgons. Sino, Arielli, and Medusa, although they are not always considered to be their kids. Sido also had Echidna, who is half woman and half serpent. Some sources say she's the daughter of Gaia, but who knows. Echidna marries Typhon, son of Gaia. More on him later, he's fun. And they had Orthus, a two-headed dog, Cerberus, a three-headed dog, guardian of Hades, and my boyfriend can fight me on this all he wants. I firmly believe if I were to meet Cerberus, he would love me. They also had the Lernian Hydra, a sea serpent with multiple heads who Hercules kills, the Chimera, goat, lion, and serpent hybrid that can breathe fire, and not mentioned in the Theogony, but Echidna also had the Colossian Dragon, the Garden of the Golden Fleece, the Caucasian Eagle who tormented Prometheus, we'll get to that later, and the Chromionian Sow, I love that word, Chromionian, who's a gigantic pig, and Thesis kills it, I don't think it had to die. It was terrorizing people, but it's a giant pig. I think it could have been trained. Orthus and the Chimera, monster siblings, had the Sphinx and the Nemean Lion, another creature that Hercules kills. I know this is a lot, but it's still going. Thetis and Oceanus, siblings from Gaia, had 3,000 Potomoi, river gods, and 3,000 Oceanids, nymphs of freshwater. I will not be naming all 6,000 of these, but they include the Nile and the River Styx, which is the river of the underworld. Thea and Hyperion, siblings, had Helios, Sun, Selene, Moon, and Eos, Dawn. Creos and Eurybia, half-siblings, had Astraos, Dusk, Pallas, Warcraft, and Perseus, Destruction. Astraos and Eos had the four Anamoi, Winds, Borei, Notus, Eurus, and Zephyrus, and the five planets. Phinon, Paethon, Purios, Esophorus, and Stilbon. Styx and Pallas had Nike, Victory, Kratos, Strength, Zealous, Rivalry or Glory, and Via, Power. Phoebe married Coius, who are siblings, and had Leto, Asteria, and Lelantos. Asteria marries Persis, and they have Hecate, the goddess of childbirth and magic. And finally, Rhea marries Cronus, and they had Hestia, Demeter, Hera, Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus. Cronus released his brothers from Tartarus and assigned them to different portions of the earth. He reigned over a peaceful land for a while until Rhea told him that she was pregnant. Cronus was so scared of Uranus' prophecy that he ate his children. No one knows why or how, but I'm assuming he swallowed them whole because they're still alive. After Zeus was born, Rhea was tired of her husband eating her children, so she pleaded with Cronus to let this one live. But he said no, so she hid Zeus in a cave on Mount Ida, and he was raised by nymphs. In order to please Cronus, she wrapped her rock in swaddling clothes, which he ate. Another thing no one knows how he did. I'm 
gonna go with the whole swallowing him whole thing because I feel like you'd notice if you bit into a rock but I also don't know how he didn't notice whenever it wasn't moving and didn't have limbs I don't I don't know by the time Cronus realized that he had been tricked it was too late Zeus freed his siblings by poisoning his dad and making him throw them up I can't find how exactly but Zeus usurped his father and set his uncles free from Tartarus and thanks they forged his famous lightning bolts now we are finally at the Titanomachy. After Zeus got his lightning bolts, his enemies were afraid. This resulted in a war that lasted for 10 years. Iepetus, a titan, married Clymene, an oceanid, and they had Atlas, Minoitus, Epimetheus, afterthought, and Prometheus, forethought. Remember the Caucasian eagle? We're gonna get to him. Monitus was banished to Tartarus by Zeus because he went against Zeus in the war and Atlas was forced to hold up the globe on his shoulders for the same reason. Prometheus and Epithus remain neutral, but they have their own stories. There were plenty of other titans that fought against Zeus, but these four have specific stories. After the war, Zeus threw all of the titans that fought against him into Tartarus. After the Titanomachy came the Gigantomachy. I love that word as well, Gigantomachy. Gaia was upset by the defeat of her children, so she had a child with Tartarus. Typhon. I've already talked about his children, but this is his time to shine. Typhon was a giant with a hundred dragon heads. When he first confronted Zeus, Zeus fled in terror, but eventually he gathered his courage and struck him down with a lightning bolt and threw him into Tartarus, which is technically his dad, but I try not to think too much about it because it's, it's weird. This is the end of the theogony, unless you want to hear all about Zeus's affairs, which we will most likely get to at some point in my lifetime. However, the story of creation is far from over. Gaia was still not done trying to punish Zeus, so she gave birth to Echinladus, but it seems he was easily defeated. It is said that after Zeus had defeated all of his enemies, the world was now at peace. He took his place on the throne and divided up his kingdom between the siblings. They drew straws and Poseidon obtained rule over the sea and rivers, while Hades drew the lot of overseeing Tartarus and the underworld. And finally, Zeus drew the lot of overseeing his brothers, the sky and earth. I feel like this was rigged a little bit, especially since he already had his whole lightning bolt thing. Like, I think it was rigged. Now we get to hear about Prometheus. Prometheus and his brother Epimetheus were tasked by Zeus to give the animals gifts and create a being to rule over them. The brothers decided to take care of the animals before figuring out this new creature. They were so over-generous with the animals' gifts that they forgot to leave anything for man. However, they decided to cross that bridge later. They went ahead and fashioned man out of clay and had Zeus breathe life into him. Prometheus loved his creation and wanted to give them the best gift possible, something unknown to any being on earth. He decided he was going to give them the gift of fire. There was a problem, though. Fire was sacred to the gods, and he knew there would be no way they would give it up. One night, he snuck into Olympus and hid fire in his bosom, which I'm interpreting to mean he managed to sneak fire out under his clothes and they didn't get burnt. He gave the gift to the humans and they immediately started to find uses for it, and thanking Prometheus for the gift. Zeus found out about this betrayal and tried him to a rock on the Caucasian mountains where, you'll never guess, the Caucasian eagle lives. I know I've been hinting at that for a while. I just, I don't know. It's an interesting story. Anyways, the Caucasian eagle ate his liver during the day, but at night his liver would grow back and the cycle started over. 
The first mortals on earth were happy. They had no problems and lived in blissful ignorance. But Zeus wanted to punish the mortals for their acceptance of fire. So he gathered all of the Olympians together and devised a plan. They decided to create a woman and make her extremely attractive. Zeus then sent her down with Hermes to give her as a gift to Prometheus. Prometheus knew it was a trick, and he warned his brother Epimetheus to stay away as well. However, Epimetheus couldn't help himself. He thought that something so beautiful could cause no harm. Epimetheus took Pandora as his wife. Pandora and Epimetheus spent their days frolicking in fields, making flower crowns, and eating fruit right off the trees. One day, while they were dancing in the grass, Hermes came down, and he looked like he was having a hard time carrying a box. Pandora immediately stopped dancing and went to him with feminine curiosity. She asked Epimetheus to ask Hermes what was in the box, but Hermes avoided answering and just asked if he could leave the box with them for safekeeping. They agreed and Hermes sat the box in a corner and left straight away. They tried offering him drinks and foods and he, he just left. He was not interested. Pandora wanted to open the box, but Epimetheus said that her curiosity was unseemly and asked her to dance with him again. She said no, so he left anyway, expecting her to come to find him later and apologize for disobeying him. Pandora became increasingly drawn to the box. She decided that she could untie the cord that was around the box without actually opening the lid. She could hear Epimetheus calling for her to come play with him, but she ignored him and continued trying to undo the knot. When she got the knot untied, she began to hear voices coming from the box. They were begging to be set free. She became more curious and wondered if they were actually talking to her. As if on cue, they started calling her by her name, saying, Pandora, please have pity on us. Please free us from this prison. She could hear Epimetheus coming closer, so she decided she'd just take a peek before he came back inside. As soon as she opened the lid, creatures that looked like moths came out. They were all the diseases, toils, vices, and crimes. They stung Pandora and Epimetheus, and for the first time they cried and argued. Epimetheus reproached his wife for opening the box, but when he was in the height of his anger, they heard another small voice begging to be let out of the box. Epimetheus motioned for Pandora to open the box, and out flew Hope. Hope's mission was to heal the wounds inflicted by other creatures. Hope relieved Pandora and Epimetheus of their sufferings and flew away. After this came the four ages of man. The first was a golden age, a time of bliss and prosperity. Then the silver age, where men had to work for their food, but they were still happy. Following the silver age was the bronze age, where arguments and pain were normal and differences were settled by blows. But the worst of all was the iron age. Men refused to honor the gods with sacrifices and most didn't worship them at all. War was everywhere and the earth was covered in blood. It is said that there was no hospitality anymore and murder, rape, and theft were commonplace. Zeus was so upset by what the mortals had become that he vowed to kill them all. He summoned a meeting of the gods to decide the best way to do this. They decided on a flood. Zeus opened up the heavens and watched as the men tried to escape their imminent deaths. The rain continued to fall until it covered the entire earth except for the peak of Mount Parnassus. On the top of the mountain stood Deucalion, son of Prometheus. Prometheus is everywhere. <laughs> and his wife, Pyra. Zeus remembered that they still revered the gods, so he stopped the flood and they became the sole survivors. The pair began to wonder how they should repopulate the earth, so they went to the Oracle of Delphi. 
the oracle told them to throw the bones of their mother behind them. After much deliberation, they determined that the mother in the prophecy meant Mother Earth, or Gaia, because she is the mother of everything. And I have to give them credit for this because I would not have figured that out. I would have been like, my mother died, Zeus, you just killed her in this flood. I do not know what you want me to do about this. <laughs> so they began throwing rocks behind them, and the rocks that Deocalion threw became men, while the rocks that Pyra threw became women. They also had a child of their own, a son named Helen. Helen gave birth to the Hellenic or Greek race, and his sons Aeolus and Doris and grandsons Ion and Achaeus became the fathers of the Aeolian, Dorian, Ionian, and Achaean nations. And that is the end of the Greek story of creation. So the Greek story of creation is like mythology inside of mythology. And now we are getting to just regular mythology. Regular mythology is slightly more concrete. Like there's so many stories of creation that it's just kind of all fuzzy and there's a lot of there's a lot of different sources on it. Anyways, thank you for listening to my first episode of Fantasy, Folklore, and More. There are many variations of the myths I talked about, but these are the most popular versions. That being said, I do have plans to write so many episodes about another Prometheus story. He really is everywhere. I like it just comes back in a circle. I like it an alternate version of Pandora's box, and an alternate of the Deluge or Great Flood. I also have plans for a whole series of Deluges from different cultures because they're everywhere and I find them fascinating. I don't know when I'll do these, but most likely some point in my life. Next week I will give an introduction to some of the Olympians, probably not all of them because they all have their own histories. And I will link a Google Sheet of my sources so I can keep it updated by cultures, books, websites, just different things um, to make it easier for y'all to do your own research if you want to. My friend Katie wanted a shout out, so thank you Katie for helping me buy out the Dollar Tree Halloween stuff tonight because I, I have my work cut out for me with decorating, but I am so excited. I love Halloween. I want to start doing a segment about what candle I'm burning while I'm recording, and this week is Cactus Blossom from Bath and Body Works, but I am, it's, it's got barely any wax left in it, so next week will definitely be a different candle. Thank you, and I will talk to you next week.